Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the final buzzer sounds, we're here to wrap it up. Why not? Here's Steph Curry! It's time for Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7. Warriors Wrap Up is presented by Realtor.com, the home of home search. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason inside our San Francisco studios. The Warriors tonight, they fall for the seventh consecutive game as they lose tonight in L.A. to the Clippers 109-100. Whitey Gleason, the plucky, competitive, ready-to-get-after-it Golden State Warriors returned again the second consecutive night. I know, as we say on this show all the time, Whitey, we're not in the business of ranking losses, but as far as losses go, the Warriors were highly competitive. It was just the fourth quarter that winds up doing them in 36-17 Clippers in a fourth quarter where the Warriors actually entered with a 10-point lead. Yeah, the Warriors shot the ball very poorly tonight, but Amari Spellman rewarded Steve Kerr for the faith he showed in him, giving Spellman his first start. Of course, 17 points for Amari Spellman, hit four of eight three-pointers. At one point, I was looking at the box score, and I was trying to figure out how the Warriors were uh, leading at the time. One thing they did well was they didn't turn the ball over, over, only uh, 10 turnovers for the Warriors, 28 assists. To be honest, we know that the Clippers are a team that many think will win the championship. They looked bored for much of the game, and then it appeared that in the fourth quarter, the Clippers decided, well, I guess we've got some work to do, and they finished off uh, a Warriors team that, um, despite the poor shooting, was right there. Yeah, and tonight's one of those games uh, where you look at it at the end of the night and you see the Warriors lose by nine and the game was a little bit closer than that and the Warriors did have an opportunity down the stretch to win it but it's also a game where you look around and you're thinking boy the Warriors have been competitive tonight like you said maybe the Clippers aren't exactly into it but tonight would be a night where you're thinking if you had just one more big time score that could be out there to help the Warriors finish and close the game uh, that might be the difference and unfortunately here for the sixth consecutive game uh, they did not have D'Angelo Russell down the stretch to try and help carry them through on the offensive side. Yeah, to that point, Pascal scored 12 points tonight. We mentioned Spellman had 17. GR3 had 17. I mean, that's pretty good, right? Th- those are decent to good numbers for those guys, but it's just not enough. And so right now, with the lineup that the Warriors uh, had out there tonight, uh, they're just asking too much from some of these guys. So, yeah, hopefully... Uh, we can see D'Angelo Russell back, and that's the plan, right? He should be back Sunday against the, the Grizzlies. I know that he was sitting next to Steph Curry, and at one point he had his arm up around Steph, and it was his right arm, so I think that shoulder is going to be good to go on Sunday. Yeah, and, we, and look, we've, we've heard seemingly for the last week, yeah. every game almost, Whitey, it's like, well, he's not going to play tonight, but he's going to play the next game. And then that game comes, he's not going to play tonight, but he's going to play the next game. So we're kind of on a string of maybe four or five of those in a row, but it sounds like Sunday is really going to be uh, the evening and afternoon out here on the West Coast for 
D'Angelo Russell to potentially come back is the Warriors, uh, oddly enough, and you were the one that noticed this, this will be the second trip for them to Memphis where they will come into Memphis with a seven-game losing streak. And what happened last time, huh? They took care of business, although this is a different Memphis team. Memphis won tonight, so if the playoffs started today, let me check. Uh, Yeah, yeah, they don't. They They do not. They don't. We can confirm that. Okay, thanks. If they did, uh, Memphis would have the eighth spot by percentage points. Oh, I don't really. I don't. Over, is that true? Uh, that's what oh, I saw. Oh my goodness! Earlier. No, yeah, yeah, you're actually by right. By percentage points, Memphis would have the eighth spot. Yeah, them and San Antonio both are yeah. five games under 500. But Memphis, because they have played two more games, they have one more win and yes. one more loss. Mm-hmm. They are four hundredths. Yeah, yeah, ahead uh, in terms so of percentage how about points. that? Yeah, it'd be a big Lakers Grizzlies matchup in the, the first uh, round. The next big story with the Warriors is probably going to be who gets traded, if anyone is traded. There was a story uh, making the rounds today that the Sixers have interest in Glenn Robinson III, but the Sixers also, according to that same report, and that was a report from Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer, they also have interest in uh, Malik Beasley, Etwan Moore, Davis Bertans, Andre Iguodala, and I think Covington's another guy in there. So, yeah, there's interest apparently from the Sixers and Glenn Robinson, but they're also interested in other players. As for Alec Burks, now tonight Alec Burks scored, he had a decent scoring night with 16, but uh, let's see here, over the last four games, he's 15 for 53. He's averaging about 18 a game, but he's 15 for 53. Um, So if I'm a scout and I'm following this guy and i got to report back, I'm not so sure I'd tell my team, yeah, you got to give up a lot to get this guy because right now he can't make a basket. And I think this is one area where the Warriors are hurt by the timeline surrounding the moves that they were attempting to make to keep maybe Marquise Chris on the roster or add Damian Lee to the active roster and sign him to an NBA contract for the remainder of the year and perhaps beyond. This is another example of where maybe the timeline of everything hurts the Warriors in that I think they may have wanted to try to get something done with Alec Burks within the last few days, sending him elsewhere in an attempt to free up that spot for Damian Lee and also allowing them to keep Marquise Chris. But now uh, you're also putting him in a position and, and you as a franchise in a position where if he does go into some kind of a slump between now and the actual trade deadline, which is what February the 7th, I believe, uh, they're in a position at that point where you know, maybe he slumps to where you're not going to get as much for him because you have to have him around for the next month. He is making free throws. I believe he's on a streak of 35 straight free throws for Alec Burks. And again, not uh, not trying to be overly critical of him. It's just it's an unfortunate time for him to go into a, a little shooting slump. But February tonight, 6th, by the way. Yeah, February 6th, yeah. Uh, tonight, the bright spot for the Warriors was Omari Spellman. The other encouraging news today confirmation this wasn't really news because we'd heard this confirmation that Steph is on track to be re-examined in February and from the video that I'm sure you've seen if you're a Warrior fan um, it looks like he's going to be ready sooner rather than later but it looks like the Warriors don't have much interest in bringing him back until maybe late February at the earliest yeah I know Steve Kerr had had said uh, I believe on the podcast with Logan Murdoch and Kareth Burke, March, which was kind of what we had thought all along. And I know it was out there today, as you mentioned, that, oh, the reevaluation date's going to be February 1st. Well, the Warriors actually said on November 1st that 
the reevaluation date and the next time they would have an update on Steph and his status would be February 1st. Well, we are three weeks away now from February 1st. So that that is you know coming up on the horizon here. But, yeah, he, he looked pretty good in the video at practice yesterday. And it's going to be interesting to see what the Warriors wind up doing here because, I mean, it sounds like they're already putting – you know, March down. March is almost seemingly the earliest uh, that that he would be back. But it's interesting because I know you have the All Star break right there in the middle, so that's a week where there are no games, and you'd want to allow him to get his conditioning up. And it looks like maybe he's going to spend the next couple of weeks doing kind of you know basic basketball stuff to get himself back into some kind of a you know at least fundamental like shape. Uh, but I, I think the reality in this situation is the Warriors are going to take maybe an appropriate amount of time, and then they're going to take a little more time just to make sure there's nothing wrong. Presumably they want to take advantage of an opportunity to see more of D'Angelo Russell and Steph together, although it's possible that they've already made their mind up on that, and we just don't know it yet. It's possible they've already decided, look, we're, we're better served if we move Russell. We don't know, but that would be one reason to get Steph back just it's quite clear that they are in absolutely no hurry to do that, even though every report suggests that he and Clay are both itching to get back on the floor. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason. It is Warriors wrap-up here uh, on 95.7 The Game. We're brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. If you want to weigh in on this one, uh, Omari Spellman, the headliner for the ball game tonight, really the second consecutive game where Amari Spellman has been the headliner tonight, though he gets the start. He plays 28 minutes, 17 points. He did have five boards. He had three assists. I know from time to time he will block a shot or two. He did not actually block a shot in the ball game tonight. Uh, but, uh, you know, th- there was some fallout and, and some question, Whitey, within the last few days when the decision was made to wave Marquise Chris, well, why are, the, why are the Warriors doing that? And I think there were a lot of fans that were frustrated and, and maybe confused by it and, and not totally understanding uh, you know, the decision between Chris and Damian Lee. I, I think we're seeing that another part of the decision to wave Marquise Chris was also that they wanted to get more of a look at Amari Spellman here moving forward and have him play more minutes. And I also think maybe the Warriors believe that he had earned more minutes by virtue of losing all the weight, working his way into playoff shape, and also, as I know we're going to hear from Steve Kerr, the way he's carried himself after not being in the rotation for a couple of weeks. Every indication, based on what Steve Kerr has said, is that he really, really likes the idea of having a center uh, stretch five, if you will, looking ahead to next year. Certainly that was something. Marquise Chris actually made a few threes, but that wasn't going to be his game. Willie Cauley-Stein doesn't shoot three-pointers. So it looks like uh, they love the idea of Omari Spellman. They want to see, okay, do we really have something here? Is this a guy that we can count on to make threes? That'd be a great piece to have going forward next year. Not that he's going to be starting next year, but, you know, matchup-wise, what a great weapon to have. So um, not only has he made threes and he's been scoring, but he's been playing with uh, a lot of – aggressiveness in a good way. I mean, he threw down another monster dunk. He's got seems like he's got a streak. I know he used to talk about uh, Willie Colleystein's streak of games with a block. Uh, Omari Spellman, I believe, has some kind of streak of monster dunk games, doesn't he? Yeah, and, and what, he threw one down. Who did he throw one down over? the? Oh, Jordan Bell was the, was the one that, that he threw down in the first game of the calendar year, 2020. 
Uh, and yeah, he's he's been he's been playing much better of late, and I think he's earned the opportunity to to have more minutes and to to be kind of evaluated. I mean, he had fallen behind Marquise Chris in the rotation, and maybe it it turned out to be a scenario where they wanted to continue to get Chris in shape, but also, or they wanted to get Spellman in shape, but they also wanted to you know use Chris in that manner, you know, to, to give him sort of the first opportunity, knowing that they were going to have to make a decision on him one way or the other by a couple of days ago. And they ultimately did. Yeah. He also had some nice uh, passes tonight. He had three assists. Uh, but I know we were wondering uh, on Warriors live if they were going to play Omari Spellman and Smila Geach together. And it doesn't look like we're going to see much of that. I think they really think of both of those players as centers. So if you have them on the floor at the same time, one of them has to defend the other team's four, and I don't think that uh, they're optimistic as to how that would go. Also, just Steve Kerr seems very reluctant to give a lot of minutes to Smilagate right now for, for whatever reason. Speaking of Marquise Chris, I ran across this stat today uh, on Fansided. Since 2012, there are only six players drafted in the top ten who are currently not on an NBA roster. Anthony Bennett, Nick Stauskas, Thomas Robinson, Dragon Bender, Marquise Chris, and Josh Jackson. Three of those players were drafted by the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, not good. And two by the Kings. Yeah, and and you look at, at where those teams are at right now in the standings, and it would be akin to where you would think teams that have missed yes. in the last few years. Although Marquise would be. should be back very soon. I mean, it, all indications are the Warriors are going to work something out, whether it's a two-way or a 10-day, and it might have to be a couple of 10 days. Yeah, it might have to be a couple of 10 days, and then that would, depending upon when they do that, extend close enough to the trade deadline where – at that point, they would have to either let him go or sign him for the remainder of the season. But if you're able to strategically work it out, you could run the couple of 10-day contracts, and you'd still have to wait a little bit, but you could run the 10-day contracts up against the trade deadline where you're confident that you're going to be able to make some kind of a deal to free up a roster spot for him uh, in a similar way you thought you were freeing up a roster spot maybe for Damian Lee. Speaking of trades and roster moves, are you disappointed, J.D., at all? At the Sam Amick report that the Warriors are not going to trade D'Angelo Russell for Aaron Gordon? Not disappointed at all in that. That that would, no. That's not a trade that you would make, at least in my estimation, right now. That's not a trade that you would look to make before the deadline. To me, you got to be blown away by a deal. He's from San Jose. That doesn't no, matter. I that I doesn't wouldn't. matter. You got it. To me, you got it. He's worth more than nothing against Aaron Gordon, but he's worth well, more than that. Well, and right now, look, he, it may prove that he's not worth more than that at, at some point, but then the decision would be do you want to keep him or are you going to make that kind of a trade? But that to me would be way down the line where you, if you're the Warriors, would say, okay, we're going to make that deal. But the reason you're making that deal at that point in time is because you feel that even making that deal gives the core group that would be remaining a better chance to win than a core group that includes Russell, which I don't think that's – I don't think it's completely off the table yet as far as the Warriors go that they think they could have a core group that could contend for a championship with Russell. I think on some levels the the idea of acquiring Gordon is more appealing than it actually – the reality would actually be. You know, he was uh, he had that great slam dunk contest with Zach Levine. He's from San Jose, but he's shooting only 41% this year. Second year of a four-year contract worth $80 million, and he's averaging only 13 points a game. So, yeah, I think Russell's a little more valuable than that. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason. It is Warriors Wrap-Up, brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Let's go ahead and hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, as he met with the media at Staples Center following the Clippers' 
109-100 victory over the Warriors. I just want to see a different look. You know, um, he's he's obviously proving to be a really good pick-and-pop player, and um, you can see how different it looks um, when you have a, a five-man who can shoot. So um, it was interesting, and it was fun, and um, he's played so well, I wanted to reward him too. Um, so, um, you know, it might be something that, that we continue with. We'll see. Yeah, I would say it was Uh, just the floor spacing, you know, <clears throat> um, you know, because he can and pop out to the three-point line, it opens up the floor. Whereas Willie's more likely going to be down, you know, in the in the low block. So um, it gave us, a, uh, a, you know, kind of a, some good pop early in the game. We we didn't we weren't knocking down a ton of shots, but we had better looks and better pace. I think as a result of his presence. The design was uh, was to free up Damien, and then at that point, you've got the floor spread, and you're just looking to uh, pass the ball to whoever's open. And um, Damien made a really good play. I think Omari set the screen to free up uh, Damien, and then um, you know, the defense had to react. So yeah, he set a great screen, and then popped and made a made a tough shot. It's crossed my mind, yeah. <laughs> a lot of stuff has crossed my mind. Uh, that's what this year is about, really, is trying to figure out what um, what makes sense going into next year when we are healthy. Um, you know, figuring out what our team's going to look like and, and who's going to fit um, next to our, our, uh, our backcourt. And uh, Omari's... He's done a lot of great things this year, um, on and off the court. I'm really proud of him for his uh, effort in getting his weight down and keeping his weight down. Uh, I'm also proud of him for maintaining a really good attitude over the last you know, six weeks when he fell out of the rotation. And he's kept his spirit up, kept his energy up. And so I think he's really understanding what it takes to be a pro, and that's a big part of this. And um, and then obviously knocking down shots from that, that position is a is a major factor too. Uh, well, he's uh, fearless. That's uh, the thing I like most about Smiley. He, uh, he he's he's really a guy who just wants to be out on the floor, and he's confident, and um, he's got a lot of skill. Yeah, you have to feel that that pressure. Uh, you have to feel what it's like to have a lead on the road and have a, a team like the Clippers coming downhill at you um, like they were in the fourth quarter because you have to be able to withstand that that kind of force uh, to win on the road. So great experience for our guys. Yeah, so great experience for the Warriors, but uh, not a winning experience for the Warriors. 36-17 Clippers in the fourth quarter. The Warriors went from up 10 to ultimately losing this game 109-100. So the 19-point swing in the fourth quarter. The Warriors had done a nice job against Kawhi Leonard, for a good portion of the night, uh, Kawhi Leonard, though, uh, he takes it over uh, in the fourth quarter 
and ultimately winds up with uh, 36 points on 14 of 25 shooting. Uh, he was only two of seven from three, but it, it it felt like Kawhi was a little sluggish at different points of this game. But he knew when he had to flip the switch. Yeah, that's that's true of so many of the truly great players. Where you watch the game and you think, well, he didn't really get going tonight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> thirty six points, and uh, the Clippers in that fourth quarter, twenty one to six run in the first uh, six plus minutes of the quarter to take control of the game. I want to see if you feel the same way I do. I, I find myself slightly amused every time somebody asks Coach Kerr about Smilagic because yeah. he seems a little reluctant. To it's almost as if he's wondering, look, the guy's a nice player, but why are we talk? Why are you asking me about Smilagic? He's a good player. He's very confident, and he's got a lot of skill. Well, and that makes you that it it is in line with some of the things that Steve Kerr has said about, well, he's going to be playing in the G League soon. It's yeah, almost like yeah. he's trying to tell everybody. And, look, he's in L.A., so the layout is a little bit different, and it didn't sound like that was one of the regular beat writers that are around the team all the time. So one of the things that does happen, especially when you go down to L.A., as somebody that's covered a lot of games down there, is you get you know the L.A. contingent or maybe some national r- reporters that are living in L.A. in that area, and they want to get their question in about Smiley each because they've maybe been watching the – the Warriors play a little bit and they see him make, you know, somewhat of an impact or see that the fans are really into it every time he comes in. So I think that's part of dealing with that, but just one shift tonight for Smiley Geach, four minutes. And uh, that was it uh, on the night. He did have two points on uh, one of one. Smiley Geach has already generated uh, a level of enthusiasm from fans that the coach of the team clearly just wants no part of right now. Eight at eight, nine, five, seven, nine, five, seven, zero, triple eight, nine, five, seven, Nine at five seven zero. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, Warriors wrap up here on ninety five seven. The game. The Clippers hand the Warriors their seventh consecutive loss. Golden State now nine and thirty one on the season. They will reach the halfway mark. That's right. Believe it or not, the halfway mark is here after Sunday's game in Memphis. Which of course you can hear every Warriors game right here on ninety five seven the game. You would think that the departure, at least the short term departure of Marquise Chris, would open up some minutes for Alan Smilagich, who it really opened up minutes for is Amari Spellman, uh, I think. And but I I wouldn't mind seeing both of them playing a lot. Now we're seeing it with Spellman and and Steve Kerr did credit the ability to space the floor and and they want to get a look at it. And, you know, the Warriors first quarters have been as bad as anybody's quarters in the entire league all year. And Spellman helped get them off to a little bit of a a better start, although they did wind up trailing at the end of the first quarter. Yeah. As I said, I'm thinking that one of the reasons he might not want Smiley Geach and Spellman on the floor at the same time is they think of both of them as centers. And if uh, both of them are on the floor at the same time, one of them is going to have to guard the other team's four. We know that Omari Spellman has struggled with that, and Smiley Geach at this point struggles with just about every aspect of NBA defense, and there's no shame in that. So that's my guess is that's at least one of the reasons why he's reluctant to have both those guys on the floor at the same time. Warriors 9-31 and 31, as this 31. is the – Do you think that halfway through the season they'd no be 9-31 and, 31 and no. we'd be talking about how Spellman had a good game? No chance. No chance. Although when Stephen Curry went down on October the 30th, I think that instantly flipped it to where it was a possibility. Uh, but D'Angelo Russell's missed time. I know Draymond Green's been out some. The Warriors have had a lot of injuries in addition to the injuries that they knew they were going to have coming into the season, obviously, with with Clay Thompson being out and then no longer 
uh, having Kevin Durant uh, on their roster. Tonight, the 19th different starting lineup uh, for the Warriors. They used 20 different starting lineups for the entire season last year. Well, that's what Steve Kerr said tonight. He said that's what this year is about, trying to figure out what makes sense next year when we are healthy. And it was not uh, the first career start for Amari Spellman, by the way, his first Warriors start, uh, but he started 11 games last year, actually, with Atlanta, and the four made threes matched a career high for three-pointers. He's made four three-pointers in his career six different times team high tying 17 points tonight for Amari Spellman as the Warriors wind up losing this ball game yeah so a low risk investment for the Warriors both in terms of how much they're paying him relatively speaking and what they had to give up to acquire him and they may have a piece for next year John Dickinson Whitey Gleason Warriors wrap up here in 95-7 the game we will hear from Amari Spellman uh, at Staples Center uh, in the Warriors locker room, and also Glenn Robinson the third coming up as well as we continue here. Clippers beat the Dubs tonight, 109-100, and you heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason here on 95.7 The Game. It is KGMZ FM and HD1 San Francisco, radio.com sports station. I'm glad to hear you laughing because you were so angry during that game down the stretch that, uh, and people wouldn't know this, I hope you don't mind me telling them, that you actually reached uh, into your collar and you tore your jersey. You got uh, I, so mad, you tore your jersey. I, I did not like do that, but a guy that's going to be playing at Chase Center, what, next Tuesday, did do that tonight, Luka Doncic. Yes, he was he's got a little. He's got a little wingnut to him, in a good way. <laughs> and I mean that in a good way. Like, he's got a little little fire to him. Is that something that they do in the Euro League? I, I don't I know, where you take your collar and... Argh. I have no idea, but I... I, I that That's a... That's a JD mid show kind of a move. It okay. really is. So, did you do it tonight or not? I, I did not do I it tonight. Mistaken. I did okay. not do it tonight. All but right. it is so. Well, you got the zipper there anyway, so it would. Just Sometimes unzip. it is frustrating to watch the Warriors down the stretch in some of these games, especially the nights when they don't have D'Angelo Russell, because you're thinking, hey, they're competitive. They're making a run at it. Amari Spellman's playing well. Glenn Robinson the third's playing well. Uh, you know, Alec Burks at least is getting to the free throw line at a night where he's not shooting it well. If they just had the one right. big scorer, they could maybe win this game down the stretch when the Clippers are coming at you with Kawhi Leonard going for 36, and they're coming at you with Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell at the start of that fourth quarter where their bench tends to take over the game. And the Warriors just, as well as they played, they just don't have the firepower yeah. to maintain. So I know there's been some debate as to why is it that the Warriors, they seem to shoot the three ball well one night and not the next. It's because they right now they don't have very good three-point shooters. I don't yeah. think it's a mystery. Yeah, it, exactly. You're, you are not going to shoot it as well if you don't have right. as good a shooters. Right. And, right. and, yeah, the numbers tonight, and I know the numbers over the last – handful of games here going back to New Year's Eve uh, in San Antonio, the last, what, six games, so the five in January and then the sixth game. Uh, the Warriors, they knocked down 12 threes in San Antonio. That was a game that they nearly won, right? They were three for 20 in Minnesota. They got blown out. That was ugly, 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 ugly. January 4th, uh, they did make 11 threes against Detroit at Chase Center, but uh, that prevented that game actually from being really, really ugly. It was ugly in a lot of other areas. 
They go to Sacramento and they miss their first 17. That game gets out of hand. They wind up 5 for 26. Oh, Milwaukee's in town, nationally televised game. Yeah. And the three-point defense was better, at least in the first half. And the Warriors knocked down 15 threes. Again, they did it on a night where that kept that game close. If they do that on some of these other nights, you know, if they had actually been flipped, you think about it, if they're actually if they flipped the games that they did it, they might have beat Minnesota and Sacramento and even won the game tonight. If you took Spellman's four for eight out of the mix, do you know what they shot their percentage was? If you take Spellman out, they shot without Spellman's four for eight, they were four for thirty one beyond the arc, which is thirteen percent. Not good. No, I don't think that's very good. No, not good. And and look, they have some of the greatest shooters of all time. Uh, a couple of them not playing right now, and another real good score in D'Angelo Russell not playing as well. So it it's just, unfortunately, that's just where the Warriors are at at this point. I think it's interesting, too. Uh, Jordan Poole tonight was one for five, and he just has not shot the ball anywhere near as well since he got uh, brought back up to the Warriors as, as he did in the G League with Santa Cruz. Remember, he was on fire. Yeah, yeah, it has not translated. No, it really I, I think hasn't. at some point, and I hope it does very soon. I think at some point, I know the Warriors are trying to really, you know, manage his confidence level and 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 use the G League in conjunction with the time that he's going to be here. And I think because D'Angelo Russell's out, you need Jordan Poole to be on the roster right now. But I also think there's a scenario where and and Kai Bowman's going to be going back to to Santa Cruz to play with the the Santa Cruz Warriors once D'Angelo his Russell jump comes shot back. Has also disappeared, by the he's way. not he's hit I think a little bit of a wall in terms of his offensive game. I think the tenacity, the defensive game, the other little things that he does I, I think have have all still been there. He's been you know attacking the rim in transition off of some defense, but yeah, the sh- shooting hasn't been there for him. I think though you're at a spot where Kai Bowman's going to have to go down because he's up against his day's limit, and it sounds like D'Angelo Russell's going to come back Sunday, and then he is going to go down. What you'd ideally like to do, I think, if you're the Warriors, is send Jordan Poole down again, but they're not really in a position where they can do it. When I start, when I hear what Steve Kerr says about Alan Smilagic, he needs to be playing 30 minutes a game in the G League. I think that's what Jordan Poole needs to be doing. Yeah, could be, but contractually, uh, it's an issue. I'm glad you mentioned Bowman. Well, you could send him down. And, and uh, the fact that he's been taking the ball to the basket. Had a dunk tonight, and I wanted to talk about that play because it really had me scratching my head about the Clippers. Uh, you had Lou Williams making a shot in the corner and falling down. I think he tr- might have tripped over a smile like each. And then the Warriors inbound the ball, and then nobody on the Clippers picks up Bowman. And it's, they, one yeah. of their players is is prone but they, they were the all, they were all, they were all and, yelling to Lou Williams, that's your man. What are you doing, bro? They don't, they don't pick up the guy with a basketball and he dunks on him. I really was wondering about them, but obviously they picked it up in the fourth quarter and took care of business. And wound up winning this one 109-100, 36-17. The Clippers, they outscore the Dubs in the fourth quarter after the Warriors led going into that frame by 10. The story of the night, Amari Spellman, as he went for 17 points, he knocked down uh, four three-pointers in his first start with the Warriors, four for eight from three. Uh, and uh, let's hear from Amari Spellman as he met with the media down at Staples Center. Experience. Um, they took it to a gear that we didn't even, well, some of us didn't know that we had to go to. Um, they got so much more sharp. They started really coming after us. And um, they get experience for some of us, uh, not necessarily Draymond, but some of our younger guys, myself included. Um, started to show when they really turned it on. 
What were your thoughts when Steve told you that you're getting the start tonight? Oh man, let's go! Like you know what I mean? This, this is like the opportunity um, I've been waiting for. Uh, my confidence has been coming back, so um, I just wanted to hoop. Obviously, you play with those guys in different lineups and stuff. But is there a difference for you coming off like starting? Oh. No, not really. Um, just knowing you're going to have more opportunity, um, which is comforting for me as a player, just knowing I can make a mistake um, and be fine. Um, trying to still limit those mistakes, but um, just playing a lot more free out there. So um, just happy for the opportunity and um, still trying to capitalize on it. Bench effort tonight. Oh, man, like, you know, weirdly, um, I kind of miss being on the floor with those guys. Um, you know, this that's where... Um, for me, it started, you know, with E, JF, Kai, um, Smiley. So um, definitely a fun unit to be out there with, and I know they definitely brought the energy. Um, so definitely appreciate it with that. Can you talk to you about potentially starting again coming up? Uh, we haven't talked about it. I don't know what what um, the plan is, what they want to do, but whatever we do, I just want to stay playing aggressive with confidence and, and um, trying to leave my mark on basketball games. Um, and that's all I want to continue to do. So Amari Spellman gets the start tonight, pours in 17 points. Whitey, I want to ask you what you think the move will be Sunday afternoon in Memphis because I'm I'm looking at the Grizzlies. They start big. They start two big. Valanciunas bigs. is playing well for yeah, them. Yeah, they, but they start Valanciunas and Jaron Jackson, Jr. So uh, it's two very big, and Valanciunas very skilled. Jackson extremely athletic. They go two real big players at their starter. They also start Jay Crowder uh, as well at the at the small forward position. So uh, tonight, uh, what did you make of sort of the decision tonight to take Collie Stein out? And does the fact that the Grizzlies play so big in your mind lead you to think that maybe this is just a one-game thing? Well, I would guess that he will start again. And one of the reasons that he may start again is because Memphis is so big. One of those bigs has to guard him, uh, uh, Valanciunas, and and so he's going to have to get out on him. And if he doesn't, the way Spellman's been shooting the ball, uh, that's going to be costly. And I think that's what uh, Steve Kerr is envisioning for next year. So this is a great chance to continue with that experiment. Over the last four games, I believe, Spellman, by the way, is 24 for 41. um, And he's been shooting the, the, the three ball very well. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I would expect he will start. And I, I think because Memphis is big up front, that may be one reason why. Yeah, I'm with you. To me, you're at a point where you're trying to look at things from a more big-picture view. And taking Willie Cauley-Stein out for you know one game doesn't really do that. It's, it's more of, you know, you're not doing it because you think something can help you win or compete in a game one night. You're doing it because you want to see Amari Spellman over and over and over and over again against different centers you're doing it with the thought of hey how would this look if you start him with Draymond Green and then maybe down the line you have two more shooters on the floor in essence you know if you have Spellman as a three-point shooter and then Curry and Thompson as three-point shooters then you've got three three three-point shooters among those positions and maybe you wind up with a small forward that can shoot the three uh, as well once they figure out what they're going to do at that position moving forward and then maybe you, you got a pretty dynamic offense. Yeah, the league is trending even more in that direction. I know Utah won again. They've been playing very well. And um, their coach, Quinn Snyder, has said, this is the type of team I want now. I want shooters everywhere. 
So Yeah, can't have too many. Yeah, yeah. So if Spellman can prove that he's a reliable shooter going into next year, I think the Warriors will be very happy with that. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, Warriors wrap up here on 95.7 The Game. We are brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of Home Search. We'll get a look at the reverse standings coming up. Uh, also, we're here, we will hear from Glenn Robinson III, and we'll have your call of the game as well. Clippers beat the Dubs tonight, 109-100, right here on 95.7 The Game. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Final segment. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, Warriors Wrap-Up, brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Warriors lose tonight to the Clippers, 109-100. So Golden State, they take their seventh consecutive loss as they will head to Memphis. And we keep talking about it, and I've, I've said it a couple of different times. This game being in Memphis, coming off a, a game against the Clippers, Weird. L.A. to Memphis, yeah. and then that's a two-game trip, and then you come home. It, it it really does, and I know I've said this a couple of different times, it really does feel like a game that was left out <laughs> somehow. Like, they, they got through the schedule, and the, you, know, you go through all the different versions of a schedule, and you're trying to think, wait a minute, you got one more random mm. thing to play. It, it feels like the... Schedule should have been, hey, you play L.A. tonight, and then maybe you're off until Tuesday. And then you play a three-game homestand, and then you play Memphis at some point down the line. Maybe, But th- those those extended breaks for the Warriors haven't been there at all, aside from the first week of the season when they played on what? Uh, they didn't play the first two days, and they played on Friday, and then they didn't play two days. But yeah, it's just curious. an oddity. Anytime the NBA is playing during the NFL playoffs, it's a little, and it happens all the time, but it's a little curious. But right? when you start to wonder, and and there's conversations about the ratings, and why are the ratings not as good for the NBA? And I know that these are not national games, but why would you be having a game at 3 o'clock Pacific? I don't know. When you got an NFL game at, Three o'clock Pacific. I'll tell you what, though, the ratings are going to go up. Maybe not way up, but they're going to go up. You know why? Because Zion Williamson delighted fans with a dunk exhibition before tip-off at Medicine Square Garden tonight. He's getting closer. We're going to see Zion before too long in an actual NBA game. Yeah, and it's interesting too. You know, we were talking about the Grizzlies, who are the Warriors' next opponent, and and the fact that the Grizzlies are now currently in the eighth spot in in the Western Conference playoff picture. Uh, you look at a number of these teams from eight, really all the way down to 14. The Pelicans are 14th. The Grizzlies are eighth. There's a three-game difference right now between eight and 14. So you legitimately have one, two, three, four, five, six. You have seven teams right now that could lay claim to the eighth spot. Now, it doesn't look like you're going to have to have a great record, but, man, you you think about you know San Antonio trying to keep their – streak alive of making the postseason. They've made it 22 consecutive years. They're getting a reprieve that in a normal year they probably wouldn't have. Portland has been just tons of injuries everywhere, and they gave up on a lot of talent that has made them not as good of a team as they've been the last few years, but they still have Larry McCollum. They're getting a reprieve as an opportunity to to still make the playoffs, even though they are 16-23 and currently. Minnesota has stunk and been a disappointment, and Carl Anthony Towns is oddly not played now for nearly a month. 
with a knee injury. They're getting a reprieve. The Phoenix Suns were the worst team in the conference, and they've improved, but they're still up and down. Had a horrible, horrible loss earlier in the week. They got when off they to were a good start, but they've really wobbled since then. They're still in the mix. you got a team like Sacramento, who was all in on making the eighth seed, actually thought they could compete for the eighth seed, even if it was going to take 45 wins. They're not going to sniff 45 wins, but they are a team that probably still believes just two games out that they could get on a little bit of a run. And, well, if it's only going to take 37 or 38 wins, maybe they could get to that level. Are you trying to tell us that once Steph returns, look out, the Warriors can make a run at the eighth spot? I I am not. Oh, you're not. I am not. Because the Warriors still are six games back now in the loss column of the next worst team in the conference. I mean, the Warriors right now are five and a half back mm-hmm. of the next spot. Yeah. So everybody's in it in the West, and then there's the Warriors as far as that eight spot goes. But now, if the Warriors had a couple of more wins at this point, I know I've said this a few times, and you, look, you can't You're go back. You're absolutely right. But You're if, they, if, right. if the Warriors were, let's say, 12 and 28, they'd be in it. Probably, yes. They'd, they'd, they'd be in it. I'm not... I, and at that point, you'd have to have a conversation, is it worth it or not? And the Warriors may have that conversation anyway when you look at Stephen Curry and potentially Clay Thompson down the line returning. But, yeah, it's pretty crazy when you look at the standings there. And, and literally seven teams all could potentially get that eighth spot. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing Memphis against the Warriors on Sunday. I know vast majority of people will be watching football, and I'll be watching football too. But this Memphis team uh, really intrigues me. They're way ahead of schedule. Who knows? They may collapse. Well, and, they may finish way down at the bottom. But right now, they're in the eighth spot. Well, and John ja Morant, the one thing I will say for them is when they had their long losing streak, that was John ja Morant being out for a good portion of that. So that's they've actually been close to 500 with Morant in there. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to play close to 500 between now and the rest of the year, if that you're them, that might do it. Yeah. So definitely something to keep an eye on. But the last time the Warriors were there, that was one of their worst games of the year. It was one of the better Warriors games of the year. All right, before we get to call the game, let's go ahead and hear from Glenn Robinson III uh, down in Los Angeles. Uh, GR3, he scored 17 tonight, equaling uh, a game high also with Amari Spellman. And GR3 met with reporters. Sometimes that's, you know, great players. That's that's how the game works. You know, it, it looks like they might be doing it at times, but uh, you look up, they got 30 points. But I thought we, uh, the kids always try to slow someone down. So I thought we slowed them down a little bit, uh, made it tough on them. Uh, fourth quarter, um, I pressed up on him a little bit too much. He had that dunk. Um, but I think that uh, other than that, I think we did a pretty good job, pretty good job uh, team defense tonight. What did you feel about the first three quarters, just putting yourself in a position, going up double digits into that fourth? Uh, I thought we played well. I thought we played great as a team. You know, we moved the ball. Um, we were very unselfish, but everybody was aggressive at the same time. Um, o came out, you know, uh, gave us a spark, gave us energy that we needed. And I think that, uh, like I said, we played together. Um, just not not enough to beat this team. Um, you know, I thought early we had a couple turnovers. If we limit them, um, you know, we, we put ourselves in an even better position and uh, maybe come out with that win. What's the key to keeping the locker room mood, mood light right now and amid a seven-game losing streak? Um, I think that it is great stuff. And Clay, you know, they, they, they came out today. Um, we got their support. So even though we, we've been lost a couple games, um, you know, I think the, the energy, the spirit in the locker room has been great. You know, guys have still uh, been confident, and it shows. You know, we played great for three quarters tonight, and, um, you know, now we got to 
continue to try to put it all together so we can get a win. How does the vibe in the locker room compare in this seven-game losing streak versus, you know, that seven-game losing streak you had earlier in the season? I think it's, it's different for us because, you know, we, we're a better team. You know, uh, the first time we played this team, um, you know, it, it was kind of, you know, people laughed at us. You know, I think that uh, to come out uh, with some energy and, and put ourselves in a better position to win it, um, it, it felt good. But now we got to figure out how to do things for 48 minutes, uh, play together with that same um you, you know, uh, just team basketball as we had in the first half so we can get a, get a win. Obviously, Amari and Willie bring very different things at that five spot with, with Amari starting. How did that feel for you with that, that different kind of spacing? Uh, you know, I think Steve does a good job of switching lineups out th- throughout the course of the season, throughout the course of the game. Um, you know, so it, it wasn't really too too much of a difference, but uh, we know Amari can spread the floor, shoot the three well, and, uh, you know, he came in and did his job. He created a lot of energy out there, and, and it was an exciting game to watch him play. All right, so Glenn Robinson the third there uh, after the ball game. Warriors lose to the Clippers 109-100. Key point I wanted to touch on, Stephen Clay. Glenn Robinson the third mentioned it. Stephen Clay having that support tonight, the first night where Steph and Clay were both on the road in attendance for this Warriors team, the first trip that Steph has been cleared to make uh, down to L.A. I-, I think having those guys around matters. Sure. And we saw we saw it that holiday homestand where they were around every game and the Warriors were high energy and they played well. I think it matters to these guys that are going through this season and struggling and fighting to try and get any win they possibly can to see the guys that have been the faces of this franchise actually there. And I think knowing, it matters. And know that they're going to be back next year. Yeah, I think I think that matters. Where it, it, Sometimes I think it could be a little tough for teams. You know, They think they're in this abyss of just on this team that, you know, I know you've mentioned it, kind of feels like an expansion team, oddly, when those two aren't around. Right, right. And when D'Angelo Russell is out. Yeah. Also, GR3 mentioned the turnovers, but they actually took care of the ball pretty well tonight. Only 10 turnovers, although he had three of them. Before we get out of here, let's get to the call of the game. It's time for the call of the game. Brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile. Hurts will bring it up. Wants Spellman on the left side, smiling each on the right. Spellman kick, good fake, dribble drive to the rack with a right hand for Amari Spellman. That was savage, and we are tied at 27. The Red Sea parted. <laughs> All right, a little different protocol for call of the game this week hmm. due to our uh, 49ers coverage. Tomorrow, sure. Tomorrow, uh, Warriors this week is actually going to air on Sunday. So Sunday from 10 until 1.30. Coz and Steven? Coz and Steven are going to be in for us. We'll still have Warriors Live and Warriors Wrap-Up before and after the Warriors take on the Grizzlies. But for Call of the Game, be listening at 10.30 Sunday morning. 10.30 Sunday morning. Special edition Warriors this week. If you can correctly identify the call we just played, you will win $50 to Schroeder's Restaurant at 240 Front Street in San Francisco. The call of the game is brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile, the best deal in wireless. Savage Spellman shreds clippers. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's it. All right. Uh, Whitey, we'll, uh, we've got tomorrow off from Warriors this week, but we'll be back on Sunday, and yeah. uh, I'm going to be headed down to Santa Clara tomorrow. Boy, that's going to be something. Enjoy the game, and we'll see on Sunday if the Warriors can break a seven-game losing streak in Memphis for the second time this season. All right, that's going to do it. want to thank uh, Cody Pasby. want to thank Alex Scott for Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson. We will be back Sunday, 1.30, right here 
for the Warriors and the Grizzlies on 95-7 the game. Tonight, the Clips beat the Dubs 109-100. You heard it right here on your home of the Warriors, 95-7 the game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.